another Mad Axeman Army List special podcast. This week, I'm yet again joined by Richard and by Dave as we dive into list number 125, the Justinian Byzantines. It's kind of the tail end of the Roman Empire. It's kind of the beginning of the Byzantines. And it's some of Byzantium's greatest generals and some of their greatest victories. But yet again, it's a list that sometimes flatters to deceive. We're going to try and find some gems in the list. So sit back and enjoy the podcast. This means war. Okay, then, well, welcome to another um, List podcast. I'm joined again by uh, Richard and Dave, and this week in our tour around some of the, I guess, the popular but less loved, if that's not a contradiction in terms, lists. We're into the Justinian Byzantines, the very first Byzantine list, the one that's at the start of that um, sort of Dark Ages section of the book. And this is an area that I think Dave in particular is is kind of your bit of history um, as, as well. Just, just as a bit of context, Justinian, he's kind of sort of, it, it sort of feels like he's halfway between the last of the Romans and, and the first of the Byzantines, but he presided over a pretty sort of kick-ass pseudo-expansion of that Byzantine empire. They reconquered a lot of things. They, they were in Spain, they were in North Africa, they were in Italy. Um, they had a pop at the Sassanids as well. Um, and he did quite a lot of stuff at home. I think this is the guy who who kind of built the Hagia Sophia um, as well. And um, fascinating period for what, uh, you know, currently is a pretty thin list with some pretty standard troop types. But I don't know, you know, Dave, do you, maybe for starters, do you feel that given all those different theatres that um, they operated and how successful they were, that that this list as it currently stands really nails what this army is about, given the successes it had? Um, yeah, I think so. I think it's pretty reflective of it. Um, essentially, this period is a continuation of... It's, it's the Roman Empire after Rome has fallen. Mm. So it's the Roman Empire continuing in out of Constantinople. So it's got a, a very... He- the, the army list and the, it's got a flavour of being Roman army getting rubbish in the infantry, but the cavalry force becoming much more important. Um, and reflecting the peoples and its opponents around it, as we said in previous ones about Romans, the Romans were very good at adapting to who they were fighting. So um, in essence, um, I mean, I, I, I love this period because this is what I studied at university off the back of reading Count Belisarius by Robert Graves. and that. <laughs> when I discovered that the Byzantines even existed, reading that got me fascinated. But when I, that's when I began wargaming. So I've always been fascinated by this army, and it's always been a fascinating army for people in wargaming terms. Um, I think you've almost got three periods. You've got the early Justinian period um, where they're fighting the Persians. Then you've got a period where they're fighting in North Africa. And then you've got another period where they're trying to retake Italy. Um, I think in historical terms, you know, the, 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 the world has been ravaged by plague, the populations have deteriorated, the Romans are a, a, are a shadow of their former selves, but Justinian's trying to re-establish the Roman Empire. And, and is that um, shift away from infantry? Because in some ways, you know, if you look at this as a continu- continuation of the Patrician Roman list, Patrician Roman list has like loads of interesting toys and and this one it's got the brilliant you know double armed impact and bow um bucalarii cavalry but but it is is that shift towards high quality cavalry actually driven by their opponents is it driven by demographics there's just not enough infantry is it driven by you know they had to cover big borders um of those three things you know what's your what's your leaning so the, the patrician period is a period where the Roman army's disappearing as the main provider of troops. And it's, it's the, the main troops in the army are what they call Fuederati, who are allies. So you've got Gothic cavalry, um, Gothic infantry becoming the mainstay of the Roman army. Even what would, you know, maybe Roman legionaries are actually Goths fighting in Roman formations. 
So we're very close on the heels of that. And what's happened is those troops have now been amalgamated into the Byzantine Roman army. So their heavy cavalry is a combination of Gothic cavalrymen, um, a lot of whom they refer to as Thracian. So a lot of their recruiting grounds are Thrace and North Africa and including in Persia. So um, Belisarius' bodyguard, the Bucalaria, who are the biscuit eaters, funnily enough. That's a whole other story, yeah. The general is allowed to have a bodyguard who recruits of himself, and those are called the Bucalaria. And those are more often a mixture of Persians and Thracian heavy cavalry who are fighting in the Roman manner. So they're like basically allied um, mercenaries that have been incorporated into the Roman army, Roman, Byzantine Roman army, and are fighting in the Roman manner. And you've got other cavalry who aren't quite as good as those bodyguards who were called the Cavalarioi, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But the infantry... from, from, a, from, a, um, from a war gamer's point of view, do you, you know, where are those, those people being brought in? Would you say that that means that you know, picking your Essex figure and they're all the same pose and they all look like Byzantines? Is your gut feel that the unif- you know, there's scope to be a bit more um, left field and varied in the uniform? Or were they, you come and work for us and, and here's the uniform put this on, um, here's the name badge, five stars if you stay, you know, three campaigns, a bit like McDonald's on horseback. I think it's a bit different between the two troop types. So the Cavalarii are basically the descendants of, um, they are true Roman citizens in the main, whereas the the bodyguards, the Bucalarii, they are the hodgepodge. So you you see them, in, in different guises all over the sort of former Roman Empire. So there'll be a mix of Huns and Persians and Goths and Heralds, um, probably very few native um, sort of Byzantine troops in there with a high degree of personal loyalty to the general. So you've almost got, um, just as you had in the West, this sort of descent into sort of early feudalism, that's a bit what these bodyguards represent. And they're also a bit the breakdown of the authority of the emperor. So, you know, you've, you've, got, you've got that stress between these great magnates and generals with their own bodyguard and the regular army, which is okay, but it's heavy cavalry bow and heavy swordsmen. They don't, neither of them have impact. Neither of them have the aggression, the aggression is coming from people, foreigners, who have entered Roman service. But, do you, I know, but I'm thinking from a, from a figure and painting selection point of view. When so so from that. a figure painting, the Bucalario, I think you could, a lot of them would have retained their native dress. A lot of them would have picked up some Roman. So you can really have those units be very colourful, I think, very flamboyant and the rest of it a, a little more sort of dulled down and, and, and bland. Now, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, if you were... Figure, if you're trying to... Figures and what type of figures to use for the army. I mean, it's, it's an army which I've always wanted to do and never felt the figures have been quite there. And I think some figure manufacturers have come up with them now. But I agree. I think, you know, Persian helmets with Greek, uh, with Byzantine Roman helmets, is, you know, a real mixture would be good. No, just thinking about that, maybe, um, you know, this is kind of list speculation, but from you, the way you're describing those as a, as a series of bodyguards, um, you know, different ethnic groups tied to generals, that this list with one to, is it one to four or, or up to four of these, um, these high quality double armed cavalry, yeah. you know, in some ways it sounds like you could almost do with a caveat of, of it's one to four, but you're only allowed two in any one command. But then again, I suppose these armies sometimes scaled up. Sometimes you're representing a tiny force. Sometimes you're representing a much bigger force. Um, So the idea of having four of them is is a quarter of the army or 20% of the army. Perhaps it just works. Maybe it's just a variable scale thing. Um, But but if you were doing a historical battle, you might have had two different... That's a difficult one because you'd have actual, a real range of armies. There were times when Belisarius went into... Thrace and into Romania with just his bodyguards and 
things like that, then you had much larger pitch battles. So, you know. Okay. All right. And then just a, a kind of quick canter around the infantry. So all of the, um, the Goths and the rest of it fighting in Gothic style, they've kind of petered out and they've all just been given uniforms and they are, um, you know, Byzantine bog standard infantry who've lost a bit of the, the magic. And was that because they just weren't scary barbarians to, um, to bring in? From elsewhere or, or did they fight in sort of smaller blocks i think there is the option for the dismounted heralds isn't there in in one of these um lists or something i think the dismounted so are specific to italy and nazis right. and some of the periods like that um i think in reality in the early in the early period in persia there's you should have a lot more infantry in reality and light infantry um but it's a byzantine army in war games terms it's 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 a it's, uh, cavalry it's first. You're, you're going to not choose them. And I suppose there's quite a few javelinmen and another thing once you get down to the bottom yeah. of the list. You, you can take the ally with all the impetuous yeah. heavy foot. And, and that sort of represents it. I think where, um, where you're hiring a whole tribe, you still get that kind of impetuous foot. But where you're representing individual units that have maybe been in Roman service now, maybe for a generation, um, you know they've they <laughs> they've been taking the company company rations too long and they they have <laughs> lost a bit of that zest. <laughs> okay, so maybe then um, maybe putting it a different way, then some this is one of the lists where the the concept of an allied contingent actually represents um, not hello, let's form a political alliance and go over there and kick someone's you know whatever. Um, this some of this represents a decent sized contingent of mercenary troops all fighting together with a with a slightly less you know reliable general within the yeah. context of um, the, the allies represent uh, the, the same way that the photo at foot representing the patrician roman but just with a slightly different command structure sat on top of it arguably yes or, or people who are almost like a client kingdom who, who yeah. where again they're being incentivized to fight for you rather than the Sassanids or the Bulgars. Uh, okay, all right. So it's just a, a different way of looking at the concept of ally. Then fine. All right. Well, look, that's that's an interesting canter through some of the history. Let's um, let's crack on with the lists. This means war. Well, on with the list as we go, and um, we'll start, Dave, with um, with one of yours. And I think me and you, we've, we've all chucked in a list here, and I think between the two of us, we've come up with with a couple of the more um, obvious ways of doing this, and Richard's come up with uh, a couple more left-field ones. So so let's start with, with you. You've got Belisarius, the, the legendary general, running it as a strategist, but you've got a, a 20, which is that sort of textbook Byzantine. I wish it could be a little bit bigger, but 20 is better than 19. Um, number there you've got an initiative of four which is is pretty stellar um but just talk us through your your commands of 11 6 and 3 so clearly the 11 is going to do all the heavy lifting but just just run us through the troops in you know line by line in that first court under belisarius okay. the strategist so I've, I've tried to make this um relatively accurate as a byzantine army so i've given um the general so it's the first, first command is Belisarius himself. He's a strategist. Um, the idea of this army is I'm going to it's going to be lots of cavalry racing around in individual penny packets, trying to make a, a tough work for the enemy. So I've gone for a lot of commands. I've got strategists in the first command. I've got a brilliant general in the second, and then the third command is is also so command three is the one which goes down first. He's got a really top draw heavy cavalry general. Now, the idea of that command is only three in that command with an ordinary general included. So that, that command can either be put down first in the middle of the table to see where, I mean, I'm going to win the initiative. I'm going to be able to see, get a good look at my opponent's army. If I put down that first command first, I'm going to get to see most of my opponent's army before I put down the bulk of my And those three, and those three, that's just a, one Bukhari with the general one cavalry um, who's just heavy cavalry bow and one light cavalry bow. It's, it's your textbook, tiny, tiny heavy cavalry command. 
and it's, it's I mean it, this I'm trying to work on the flexibility so that command can either go in a flank it can go in a um, ambush it can go on a flank march or it can go down first as a chance to see what where the opponent's army is then the second command I was able to go down would be the brilliant commander and he's got two heavy cavalry um, he's got another general himself well another general who's a heavy cavalry sorry another heavy cavalry yeah, I've not. I've taken him out of being a brilliant. I didn't want to have a brilliant general included. Actually, I <laughs> a bit scary. Yeah, especially with a break point of twenty. Um, now, what I wanted to do with that command is actually represent something Belisarius did, and that's what Belisarius did. In a lot of his battles would create a lot of ambushes. So I'm giving myself the ability to create a lot of ambushes here. Command three can be an ambush, but I'd actually like to try and put those Huns into an ambush and. Because with a brilliant general, I can spread that command out and put it where I need to be. So it can yeah, because that's got that's got three light horse with your three heavy cavalry, and three yeah. light horse is actually starting to be a lot. But so you're seeing those operating, maybe the two elite Huns operating separately to the the block yeah. of three heavy cavalry and the other light horse. If I can get those Huns around the back of commands and things, they will charge into the rear of things on themselves because they go in, get a one for being in the flank one for being an overlap and they're elite so i want them to be i want to use them as a as i say alex um i, I would take issue with the list and say that the huns should be able to be medium cavalry elites mm -hmm. because i think they need to have a bit more impact uh, belisarius used his huns as impact troops quite often and they were fighting troops rather than just uh, skirmishing troops but i want to use them so again they may you know i've got a strategist i can put down three ambushes I can, look, I can make my opponent sit there and go, Jesus, is he coming at me in ambush? Is he coming yeah, at me in that's, that's a good, but that's one of those extra things about a strategist that's very easy to forget, isn't it? It gives you a third yeah. ambush marker too. Yep. So you could actually sit there and go, right, and, you know, call three is going down as a flank march. And I just, you know, I put down the, my first command could maybe just be three heavy cavalry. And then I can put down the major count with the strategist. Um, now the strategist, again, because he's a strategist, he's got the ability to split his commands up and use a lot of manoeuvrability. Something I've not so yeah, so you're, you're 11 there. How, talk us through those you know, line by line, how you're going to put them down, how you're going to split them. What's, is that three groups, I'm guessing? Um, yes, I would imagine so, yeah, depending on... I think, okay, the first thing I would put down in that command would be the infantry. I mean, I, to some degree, you've got Scutatoi, which are heavy swordsmen in this period, now, in order to sort of get the points to play somewhere else, I've made them mediocre. Mm. Um, I'm just going to use them to protect my bowmen. I'm going to put them okay. with the bowmen. What I, what I want to do is get the, the bowmen into a situation where the bowmen are adding their shooting with the cavalry. So you've got two, two normal bowmen, two mediocre heavy swordsmen yeah. um, as a block, and, and that's, that's four wide, but you're really playing with the bowmen and using the scutatoi to to help yeah. them yeah and I, I to be honest I, I would imagine in this period they may end up going in a field even with the heavy swordsmen you know because swordsmen okay they're a minus but I want to protect them I don't want to lose their points but I want to try and use the bowmen to support my cavalry so that's the first command I mean and also that's some infantry who can go chasing after a camp if it's at all possible you know in, you know if somebody's got a fortified camp you can't attack it with cavalry that's their job They've got one light infantry with them to protect. Just them. to screen the swordsmen, yeah, from shooting. Right. But, so then that, that leaves you with, with what? Um, two Bucalarii, two heavy cavalarii, one medium cavalarii, and a light horse bow. So you've got four, five, five cavalry and a light horse in that one. Yeah, so the, the real um, for the army is going to be combining up the Bucalari heavy cavalry impact elite with the cavalry heavy cavalry bow, I want to come forward with them and try and get them to combine up with the other heavy cavalry impact wherever, when I can get that opportunity. If I'm going to have to do a fight, I want to concentrate my heavy cavalry together, particularly the impact ones. But the, the important thing in this army is it's a shooting army. You, you, you sit there and go, oh, I've got an opportunity to charge there. You really want to sit there and soften up the enemy. Um, the medium cavalry and the light horse I foresee working together just to go with and go herring off on their own. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that strategy is going to give me plenty of pips. You know, if, it, if need be, I'll leave the 
infantry behind, but I want to get all those cavalry pairing around together. So, so really, then you're you're driving four heavy cavalry together. You're driving a block of four infantry together who shoot, and then yeah. you're using a medium cavalry and the light horse bow as um, a little block of this stuff's better than your light horse on the flank. Yeah. Um, I, I guess More or less, something like that. I mean, I, I would probably be looking. Hope, hoping a bowman can get forward to start shooting in combination with that medium cavalry and the light okay. cavalry. The medium cavalry's in there again to make points up. It's very hard to get 20 in this army. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you, know, you can do it if you get a lot of medium cavalry bow, but medium cavalry bow are really, really weak, particularly to other people. If, if you're facing someone else who's got a lot of bowmen, you will get shredded. I've played with Byzantine army in Bournemouth and I took a lot of medium cavalry impact and they won good on some games, but when they faced Bowman, they got shredded. So yeah. the medium cavalry is there just for cheapness and to get it up to 20. So, so you know, that, that question, you said um, you do want to soften these people up and maybe this is kind of a general question as well. If you've got elite heavy cavalry impact bow, the temptation to charge them in because they're better than most things is always there. But, but you've then said it's a sort of shooting and skirmishing army. So would you expect to evade at all with those guys? Would you, you know, typically go, we're going to evade twice and come back before we go in? Or can, does it work like that? I, I, I think they're going, to, they're going to be evading. They're going to have to be evading. And they're going to be going, you know, it, I mean, I can see them coming forward to pin things whilst other things slip past down the sides wherever possible. But at some point in the game, if, if we are getting to an actual fight, I want to be concentrating the Bukalari together with the heavy cavalry and trying to get uh, what, what it would be. It would be two, four, five, uh, seven, nine. I want to get those nine heavy cavalry together if, in, the, in the upteenth points. But at the start you know, of the game... The, the, risk of, the risk of doing even one set of evading with 14-point elite heavy cavalry impact bow... Yeah. Um, you know, there is a risk they get caught, isn't it? Um, even if it's there, kind there of... It's a horrible feeling doing that. <laughs> what I try to do in that situation is put them in an angle. Okay. So that what they're doing is they're, 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 if they're evading, they're evading away from the enemy at an angle, which gives them a bit of action. You don't want to be sitting directly Parallel. in front of the enemy and evading directly to your rear and him coming straight towards you. So you get that. If he rolls plus one and you roll minus one, you get caught. If you can do it at an angle, just give then, it a little bit more. Yeah, and well, you know, if you can, if you can put something in front of him to pin him, and then come in and you know, he's coming in at an angle, and that also means that you've got then got the possibility of getting someone to slip past again. This army is all about manoeuvre, all about manoeuvre. So, Richard, what you know, you're you're looking at this one and um, stroking your beard. Um, what, what what's your thoughts on um, on this as an army? I, I uh, I agree with Dave. I think the way to play this is to split the Bucalarioi up and rather than have one block of four of them, because that, you know, you've got one point of major menace that your opponent will find it easier to deal with than if they're spread up. And I think, as Dave said, the tactic is is to roll up, shoot to soften up the enemy, but by having the Bucalarioi there, when you do charge, once the enemy is weakened, you've got much more chance of cracking through. Um, so I, I, I think that's right. I, you know, I, I think the the big challenge with this, it's a bit like the bit like a Mongol army. The big challenge is you end up with nineteen or or twenty, and so it's it. You know, if your opponent has shooting two, um, then it becomes who's 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 more fortunate in rallying. <laughs> mm. So, in in some ways, then um, these guys were lucky they were fighting the Sassanids rather than the um, the early Achaemenids, because all those um, <laughs> whatever they were spara bara yes. would have caused them all sorts of problems. I think so. But you know, as we've said about the thing about Roman armies is they evolve to to be the most effective thing against the opponents they're facing so you know they would have just gone back to heavy infantry if they had been facing sparabara foot <laughs> yeah yeah you'd have the nine scutato and they would have just got better wouldn't they they would have been better yeah, trained they've just given them some armor back and they'd have rocked up and thumped them okay interesting all right well look that's the first list covered off and um we'll we'll crack on with the second this means war 
Look, Dave, you've done the um, the textbook Belisarian Byzantine Byzantine one, um, and this one here that we're looking at now is is my version of it. Um, not 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 the textbook one at all, but this is in that theme of evolving from the Roman Empire and the um, the, the patrician Roman. This is a sort of evolution of that of a way that I've taken patricians before, really looking at it and saying impetuous heavy cavalry and medium cavalry are pretty good and pokey it gives you an interesting game um a decisive game where you can overwhelm the enemy if you're lucky and do it properly and this is sort of a chance to do that with good initiative because a lot of the um byzantine armies have poor sorry not byzantine the barbarian armies have quite poor command and control so this is good command and control but a kind of hairy byzantine army um so looking through this, I've I've got to 22, um, possibly a record for Byzantine armies, and using a Herald ally. But what, what this gives me, again, going for the strategists, because I think if you're playing with impetuous cavalry, you've got to own the terrain. You really, really do. So the strategist, your point about ambushes might be fun as well, but this is really to clear a big path out of the terrain. Um, I've stuck in the fortified camp because... It's not got a lot of things to anchor that, and I think that's a, a decent way of boosting the um, uh, you know, boosting the unit count. And this army is going to be front foot, but it's going to leave gaps behind it. So in the the strategist command, this is really where I've I've dumped the scooter toy. <laughs> it's probably the best bet. Um, and there's a real all sorts of different ways you can use it. I know Dave, you put in two of the mediocre ones and two bowmen but that's kind of taking the minimum. I was in two minds about whether just to go super minimum and leave them behind. Um, or what I've actually done is, is slightly lent the other way and said, if I've got to have two, I'm not convinced that mediocre swordsmen in really work particularly well. So having three ordinary is just a bit of a bigger block that I feel can do something, but you know, it could occupy even a sort of five or six of, of enemy foot in some ways or threaten their bowmen um, with that strategist. So you've got three scutatoi with the strategist, but then you've got your, your very similar cavalry command to you. Um, I've put two of the Bucalari together, heavy cavalry impact bow elite, um, one heavy cavalry, two medium cavalry. I just feel a bit more comfortable playing with two mediums um, and one light horse um, bow I think you're right they are vulnerable but with three heavy cavalry with them I think there's still scope to use two mediums that that's getting you up to five wide plus three more for the scutato you've got eight nine it's a bit of a waste of the stretches because it is sort of a two group command but but then again maybe that operate the um the three heavy cavalry together the two mediums and the the one light out on the flank to to bully other people's lights completely and and get round a bit quicker by forcing through that, that thing you were saying similar to I guess to using arms as medium cavalry the um <coughs> the second command competent general um included an unreliable bit of a point saver but but this is probably the one that's just been thrown at someone and one of the bucalari with the general super punchy um four heavy cavalry impetuous just get them in um, a more light cavalry javelin, I think, for this aggressive sort of command. It's a teeny tiny detail, but a light cavalry javelin is is a bit better than a light cavalry bow. And another medium cavalry bow, because as you say, in, in this army, they qualify as cheap troops. And what they do is they that's either an overlap or it's sitting behind that block of five charging cavalry and filling in gaps or, or, or doing what it is. It's not really doing a great deal in its own right. So <coughs> with these two already, I'm up to five, six, seven, eight heavy cavalry, of which seven of them can charge in and, and the impetuous ones are there. And then it's kind of doubling down on it. And this is where I was slightly surprised that, that the numbers didn't quite work out as well as I hoped on, on this list. A herald um, ally... I've made him competent too, made him included as well. You know, this is double down on, on getting into contact and getting good scores. So he's he's embedded in a heavy cavalry impetuous elite with the heralds. There's a heavy cavalry impetuous with them um, as well. And then two medium cavalry. Because I think, again, once you're up to this many impetuous cavalry, having a couple of them medium, it's all about that 
extra plus one in the first rank. So, <coughs> so this is a kind of win quick, lose quick, go to the bar um, version of it, where you're using the command and control to sweep the terrain away, get yourself going first, and and overwhelm something by throwing double figures of impetuous cavalry at it um, before anything can happen. And your your three scutatoi hopefully don't have too much to do, but but if they can just soak up some punishment whilst your 22 strong army does it, it's, you know, it's in Byzantine terms, it is big, but it's definitely not clever. Um, and, and I think there's probably arguments that the strategist is a bit overkill, but you're using him for the terrain and, and the initiative because you do get up to initiative four with it. Um, but, but desperately simple and, um, and desperately one dimensional. I think it's really good. I think it's, it's, um, it's legitimate historically. I think you could say the heralds in Italy particularly were there. Um, I'm guessing you're going to put down Command 3, the herald ally in the centre, and just charge straight down the middle of the table with him and do the, use the other two to do the manoeuvring on the flanks. Um, the only comment I'd have is I, I would worry about the medium cavalry being shot at, especially in this air period. Um, you might need more light troops to cover the medium cavalry from shooting, even the heavy cavalry from shooting. Yeah, squeezing in maybe one or two more light cavalry, but I'm not, I, from what I remember, I'm not sure the heralds can actually have one, but having just one in front to absorb the shooting, yes. you know, is good. Although I think the problem I found with doing that in the past is you stick a light cavalry out the front to screen a couple of units or absorb the shooting it then takes two hits in two turns, dies, and, um, and inflicts injuries on your cavalry anyway. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. So in some ways, it's just best to throw the damn things in. Yeah, I mean, live with it. I think it's a very interesting, it's a bit similar to a version of the Goths that, that I ran on, under Theodoric. And, and the only thing I, I mean, I think it's, I like it as it is. I would think about making... I know you lose initiative, but if you had ordinary commanders and you put that medium cavalry bow with the strategist, but but then deploy it behind um, one of the others. And ironically, what you could do is put the strategist in the middle, put the other the the two ordinary charging generals on the flanks, and then the strategist can provide a medium cavalry second line to each of the charging generals. And it doesn't matter then that the charging generals are in combat because the strategist is providing them with their second line supports. Definitely. Possibly, yeah. But I think maybe that's starting to give, give the strategist, you know, anyway, quite a lot to do because of the distance. I know they've got a big distance, but if he's juggling two different things. Um, yeah. And, and you, you know, still then using those medium cavalry with the light cavalry in the same way that Dave did to give you a pokey thing to take somebody else out on the flanks with their light horse. Um, but you know, it's, this is simple Depends stuff. Depends on the terrain, yeah. Depends on the terrain. And then, then keeping the strategist and the initiative of four just gives you a lot more chance of, of making that terrain decision or owning that terrain decision. It's, you know, you are putting quite a lot on a plus one on one dice roll at the beginning of the game, um, which, which is always the, the gamble with this sort of thing. But as a way of creating a gothic army with good command and control or good enough command and control to, to steer your cavalry around, um, it works. And in some ways, you know, I, I might even think drop the command, drop the units down to 21 and take some of those generals out because they are a bit, you know, then totally committed okay. and, and you yes. might choose to, you might choose to move them up and down the line and yeah. decide which one they join in combat rather than tying them into one of them. But but I think partly if if you give yourself too many opportunities to think with armies like this, you end up using them wrongly. <laughs> There's some yeah. ways about being committed at deployment to a plan and then executing that plan. That's it. I think yes. if you can use heavy cavalry impetuous, putting a, including a general is not a bad thing because it keeps you to what their mission is. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have it with the heralds. I mean, you know, I run a medieval um, Spanish army a lot, and I always have an included general with my knights because you know, I've got impetuous knights. Their job is to charge in and win. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if the general's out the back or not, and you're sitting there wondering, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? You just got to get stuck in with them. 
<laughs> Start rolling the dice, really. Exactly. And if they blow up, they blow up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's still, clearly it's got those same core components, but it's got quite a different play style to yours. You know, you're talking about evading. I'm, I'm not doing any of that at all, really. I, one argument I wonder is if you want to put the strategist with the... Uh, the Byzantine Gepids, the Heralds, which you know, if, you, if that makes sense, you might want to use the strategies to control them. That's just one thought I might have. It's no, it is tempting, but I, I'm just wondering if you did that, are you actually talking about flipping the Heralds into the first command and the the cap, the heavy cavalry bow into the, the second one? So then you I, get I, Heralds I, and Scutatoi, and then you get a, an actual tactical yeah. faffing around shooty bowie command that, that's um, the problem having the trying to move the heavy infantry and the heralds with the strategist is going to be that even that's going to get very difficult um I, yeah I'd, be, I'd just be tempted to have a, a kind of a micro command possibly of byzantine cavalry just to you know charge off and do what they will somewhere but it, yeah it, but it, i think i'd take that out of the strategist command i'd use the strategist to create a micro command because yes. once the you know once the scutato have been dragged up into place they kind of sit there and absorb things other things are kind of committed and then you probably do end up at some point with a, a medium cavalry and a light cavalry spare and lots of strategist points to to do something intriguing with them i think there's an argument here that you could use those scutato in the first command to just plod across the table and try and pin some enemy. If you get within one MU, you know, 40 millimetres of the enemy, you're pinning them. And then it's still a long time to beat them, yeah. to be a sacrifice, whilst your cavalry can get around the side, maybe. You know, yeah. the great thing with this army, if you can get any of those Bukalari heavy cavalry impact bow elites round the rear of the enemy, when they charge in, they're going to kill things very quickly. Yeah, they take it out completely, don't they? Yeah, just they can, in one go. Get them stuff in the flank. They're gonna do some quick kills. This means war. Right, so we're on to our list number three. So, Richard, this is one of yours, and and you've named Belisarius as well as one of your commanders, but. This is one in the um, in the east fighting the Sassanids, I imagine. Because you've got Gassids, who um, the the flatulent early Arabs, I guess. Um, Absolutely. Or the, the Belcher dynasty, or something like that. Um, so you're you're at twenty two, um, no fortified camp, so it's all troops. But and you've got a ten, a four, and an eight, and you're going with strategist, ordinary, competent as well. Um, so. Well, yeah, run us through it. Which one do you want to start with? The, the micro but command seems I, I to be the, <laughs> the overall, perhaps, and okay. then, then go into the detail. So it's 22, of which only one is a light infantry. So you've potentially got, um, you know, 21 that will stand to a greater or lesser extent in the line of battle. People won't expect a Byzantine army to want terrain. So the idea then of the of the Gassanids is you've got a six wide medium foot. So you would hope to either have a field or a plantation. And the other plus of this is if the opponent does have elephants, you've got a six wide medium foot group, including two javelin men and some shooting, which is gonna make, I think any elephant Death Star, just, just think a little bit about it particularly if there are two light cavalry javelin dancing around on the flank. Um, the idea of the smaller command at four, um, with a, you know, it's got quite a lot of strike, it's got a lot of shooting, it can ambush, it can flank march. So it's, it's a, you know, a Byzantine strategist's little, you know, toolkit of, of uh, trouble for the opponent. And then what's a bit different about the, um, the main command is inspired really by some of our previous talks. I thought, oh, well, what helps cavalry? Tim's told me two heavy spearmen helps cavalry. And guess what? You can, you can have the heralds starting off as, as full strength heavy spearmen. So now I've got four heavy infantry with the two mediocre heavy swordsmen. I mean, ideally they would have been ordinary, but it is a small army anyway but now you've got four heavy infantry plus four heavy cavalry um and to their one of side or other of them another four heavy cavalry so 
the idea of this is to really use that maneuver um, to try and create flanks, use rough terrain to create a mini castle to threaten the enemy while you bring up the shooters and, and pour it on and force the enemy ultimately, hopefully, to attack you at a disadvantage. Yeah, because you've still got eight heavy cavalry here, haven't you? You've got four yeah. of them with the elite doublet, you know, whatever. Um, the rest are just straight heavy cavalry, so that's quite decent. And then with... Yeah, with, with four heavy, heavy infantry as well. and, yeah. and, and four medium foot. Um, again, you know, the javelinmen and the bowmen aren't that great, but if you've got six of them, most of the time your opponent isn't going to have six. So there's a good chance you'll have an overlap and with a competent general, you might get to attack and push something past his flank in the initial attack. Um, so, yeah, I, I just thought it was a bit different. I wanted to try something a bit different to what I could do with the Mongol army, <laughs> yeah. which is what the Byzantines at first look remind you of. Hmm. Dave, what's what's your thoughts? Are you um are you thinking um, Sassanid Persia is going down if you're driving this one? I, I I've seen lots of people with Byzantine armies to try and get the points up and the numbers up. Use the early Arab ally. Um, they quite often do it with a couple of camels in there as well. But I, I like it. I mean, I think you can you could even have them in it. You know, four of them in an ambush. So you could have a javelin man yes. in an ambush, and you know the first command could be put down you just put down the two light cavalry and the two bowmen something like that and make people you know i think the thing with this army is you're going to have to really make people think about what's coming up tim yours is different yours is pretty one-dimensional straightforward bang on in there's a lots of ways you can make people really think about this you know if you put a lot in the in the in one um, ambush with that command you could even, as, as Richard says, use Command 2 completely in an ambush. You could end up with 12 troops in ambush or in flank marches and only 10 bases on the table. <laughs> this, is one way, oh, this is the one way I think, it, and that's, so, that's a very, very much the historical way these armies fought. Um, so I think that's interesting. Um, I still think the spear and the scutati are a little bit delicate. Um, well, I guess one, one thing you could do, actually, Richard, looking at this, your with a strategist and competent you could drop the gasid down to ordinary and you could include him in a light horse unit which would give you another six points which would make your scutatoi back into norm into ordinary um i think you could probably even support can you support them yeah you have them as ordinary supported for for that um and having a light cavalry javelin general in um that command where actually you're probably fighting with the six foot um with six not six feet six foot six infantry um would not be as risky as it sounds i think that was one of the things that that dave you'd done with um, one of your allies for the romans in that Iotolian last time and it just makes your light horse a little bit more punchy and, and i think the um the general is allowed to be included in those light cavalry javelin yes so, yeah just look yeah at he the is yeah yeah, I think that's that's uh, definitely a possibility. I think the reason, um, I think it depends. I mean, I partly saw the heavy infantry as extending the line and tempting the enemy. You almost want the enemy to have something that he wants to attack, otherwise he won't come forward. Right. Um, so that's part of what was in my thing. And, and I'm, I think the Gassanids, none of them are that strong. And so I want... You want to be able to move them. I want to be able to move them and I, I, because they're, they're going to win by hitting flanks. And so that I think what you've said yeah. is perfectly valid. I think it depends kind of what, what if, if it's a one day or a two day camp <laughs> tournament, really. Yeah, yeah true. Because actually, yeah, me yeah, having a target with the spearmen and yeah, you want to be fighting with the two spearmen and those heavy swordsmen are sort of extras. They're just that's the frustrating bit about this. They're sort of expensive extras, aren't they? At six, um, yeah. But making them eight, well, I thought as well, is tricky. You know, as we've said before, being swordsmen, they can go into rough. So if you ended up having to cover two bits of rough terrain on different flanks, they allow you to go in, and they're not a disaster. I mean, they're not great, but but you know they'll hang on a while just because they've got four points, and most things hitting them you know, might be medium swordsmen or medium spearmen. Well, they're going to usually take time to grind you down. Yeah, and actually, you could, just thinking about other things, you could almost 
make that third command out of Byzantine troops as well, couldn't you? Because they can have... Well, it's funny Jasmine you said and that. Bowman. Yeah. I think we'll find that in the next one. Oh, right. Okay, well, look, let's, let's go on to the next one. So as if by magic, we're on to the next list, which is, again, the, the textbook 21. Um, seems mandatory. No fortified camp. Um, the strategist exists yet again to boost the initiative up to four. And um, you're on eight, four and, and nine with this one, uh, Richard. So, yeah, talk us through how, what, where this one would be, how different it is, how it, how it all fits together. So instead of going for the ally, this is definitely an anti-Sassanid list in my mind. So what I've done is I've, I've taken two of the impetuous heavy cavalry and added them to that, what was previously the Gassnids. Um, I've lost one medium swordsman, but the idea would be when facing elephants, the two Goths would dismount as impetuous uh armoured medium swordsman yeah and so you would then have a uh seven wide so probably six with one in support um block of medium uh troops that would go elephant hunting with <laughs> with a an impact bow heavy cavalry and and the light cavalry javelin being a micro command as we were discussing earlier to try and drop round a wing but with the extra you know oomph of having the heavy cavalry impact bow, um, you know, an opponent, even if they like the look of the medium foot, is going to be thinking twice if he's got those two units hanging out on his open wing. Um, yeah. Middle command very much as before, and uh, the the other wing, um, similar to before, but hasn't quite got the, um, the heavy cavalry punch. Um, yeah, it's just a little bit thinner, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the challenges, isn't it? Or it's one of the things that does. I wonder if that's one of the things they're going to look at in the next um, next version of the rules that's that's out soon. In that, it's always never quite sat comfortably with me that um, dismounted cavalry become the best infantry imaginable um, in terms of impetuous armoured impact elite or, or, or whatever they can be sometimes. But but yeah, that opportunity to dismount them is a really important thing um, and having but even then having a block of, of three of those cavalry sorry two heavy cavalry impetuous and the impact bow is still quite punchy in its own right um yes you know clearly i sit here driving five of them and think three is wonderful um, <laughs> to find an opponent but um but no that's quite quite an interesting way of using the strategist that almost gives you three or four different ways of using that command whether you dismount or not against um, against elephants rather than just the normal two or three. Yeah. Dave, what, what are you thinking on this one? I think the dismounting troops in this set of rules is a really good rule. I think it really helps. You didn't have that in fog. And it, you can only do it in certain situations against elephants and things. Well, no, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with the concept yeah. of dismounting. I think it's actually in the rules. I think dismounting probably is a bit, happens a bit too often, but as a game balance mechanism to yeah. flatten out elephants is that's justified but my only question was having them dismount as a troop type that essentially doesn't exist um you know armored impact impetuous yeah, yeah. swordsman is possibly a little bit strong because they but but that's only a tiny tiny detail that's the kind of thing but but yeah don't, don't get me wrong on that i think yeah, um, that's the facts. i think you, you're right on that case because um historically Nazis dismounted his goths and his heralds in Italy and he used them in the center of the army as spearmen. So yeah. maybe there's something in that there as well. Um, I, I like, so this is another way of running the Byzantines when you've got elephants around and also to use some cheap troops to bring the number of, um, you know, get your army break up, get yourself over 21 is to use the javelin men. It's quite common to have a, almost a micro command of, of javelin men off to one side to get yourself two large cheap, good quality cavalry commands um, and I think that's a good way and it, it's an interesting way of running cavalry armies and I think it's very valid it's, you know I've seen it people do it with Scythians I've been sat there going wow that person's got 
four javelin men and a light horse and it's there and it's actually a really interesting command that um, I think that's really good and really valid and I think again the core two is another one which can flank march in or um, ambush I seem to be going on a lot about ambushes with this army but <laughs> yeah <laughs> if that's what they did yeah. yeah okay interesting stuff so look so that's actually how many we've done four lists now haven't we? and I think they're actually yeah. all surprisingly different and for a list that my well, when we were chatting on email about um about setting this up i think i said there is so few troop types in this list um i'm now sat here scratching my head and wanting to go back and check the list because we seem to manage to find all sorts of different stuff that i don't remember seeing in there because your eye is so drawn to to the cavalry and then that block of scutatoi and then you just steered down a route but but looking towards the tail end of it and, and even thinking of the Goths as potentially dismounts and, and get the slav in there and all the rest of it, you can actually get to that four, five, six medium cavalry, sorry, medium foot command to go into terrain to give you that option that then suddenly if, yeah, I like the idea that if you've got a plan for terrain and you've got troops for terrain, which this army this does, that obsession with getting a strategist and creating a billiard table suddenly falls away a bit and that kind of takes off the scales um when you're looking at all of the other elements in the army so it, that's almost the trigger can i get six or seven wide of medium foot and the answer is yes which which suddenly makes all the other dominoes about the the orthodoxy of using the army start to to topple over as well yeah definitely. yeah you could definitely give up some command in this version and either go for the camp or go for another unit or two yeah no you know again that boost up the scutar toy yeah initiative of three would still be all, all right because you don't yes. need to win it with this because you've got a plan for for medium foot and medium terrain anyway this means war that's all the list covered then and um as we normally do wrapping this up in the the last few minutes byzantines it's another one of those um, armies that everybody used to have the same figures from essex but now there's starting to be a few more different types coming around dave i think you've collected it richard i'm not sure if um if you have but you know, dave you must have dug through the um the different manufacturers to look at some of the the options i i i, I love the byzantines i, I specialize them at university um, I really liked the Kurisan Nikephorian Byzantine figures. Um, did them a long time ago, and I really love them. Do, do got... they work for this period? You know, because that's I, I, I'm old and they don't at all. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> so, um, so with the Justinian Byzantine, I mean, I've, I've always been sitting there thinking, oh, you can use Roman figures, you can mix it up. But I think recently, War and Empire forged in battle have done a specific Justinian Byzantine range and um, I painted them up, love them to bits. Um, they're, they're very, very accurate in my opinion. And they've got the mix of figures right so you can create all the different troop types. So you've got um, a Bucalari figure who's distinct. I mean, they're very much based on the WRG book. Yeah. Um, may or may not be accurate in actual fact. But you've got a troop touch. You've got a heavy cavalry elite. I, th I think um, actually history was based on that. Um, the original army was based on that book, wasn't it? Yeah. That's how they <laughs> equipped it. Belisarius was flicking through his WRG and going, right, we better make trousers for these guys. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you see, um, they, they, they've got the figure. So you've got that Bucalari, the guard, companion, comitatus, cavalry figure. And they're distinctive to your opponents. That's the most important things you can see. Then you've got a heavy cavalry bow with a spear as such. Yep. So you can actually see that he's the heavy cavalry. And then you've got a, a, a an armoured, you know... Uh, how, how, do the, um, how do the Essex troops stand up, um, you know, against some of these modern ones? Because that's... Are they I've, got, back I've got a number of units of the Essex sort of late Roman, early Byzantine. I, I, I like them. It, it, they're a little bit, um, you know, staid and solid in, in their poses. But since I also have quite a lot of Essex, late Romans, they all sort of mix in quite well. And, you know, by changing out units, the, the same broad force covers from about 
250 to 600 AD. Um, you know, you've obviously got to change out some bits and pieces for each one, but it's quite a useful pool. The old museum sort of later Byzantine figures I thought were super, but they were large, so they didn't mix with anything else. But they had a lot of dynamism in their poses. Um, uh, it, it's just that when you put them on the table, they, they look... they. <laughs> They look more like twenty mil figures. Yeah, you me. need a whole army of them, really, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, but they look—they—they had—they look—they look brilliant. I thought they're lovely. Uh, the capes and everything—they really look the business. Yeah, I've got some strategy air tactica Italian ones. Um, I've got, I've got some fa- some fabulous scutatoi. The the cavalry are a little bit dumpy, sort of uh, drifting a little bit more towards the Mike's models end of, of where Essex used to be, but they're pretty much Essex size. But the the infantry are really, really nice. Um, cl- lots of different cloaks and things on the scooter. So it's a shame all these lists only ever have two or three of them, really. I think I've got far too many. And then, <laughs> and, I, and maybe, you know, these days you can, going back to where we started, there's an opportunity to mix in the Bucalari as well. And from maybe some Sassanid types or all sorts of different pieces and make that a bit more, a bit more eclectic and say it's eastern eastern front or western front or or africa perhaps it, it this is one list where you know i do wonder whether almost the they have enough bowmen in the foot that they shouldn't be an option to have them as as mixed units of heavy heavy sword bow mm. um because they did use they did use the the bowmen a lot and I'm always slightly disappointed, uh, you know, even if it was a more expensive option, that the 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 support doesn't get any shooting. Yeah. And to me, to me, there there was a you looking across history. There's a lot of troops that weren't full on, you know, Florentine Pavés shooters, but used their shooting far more than the support plus one gives them credit for. Yeah. Well, I suppose there's there's two different things there, really. There's if you're writing these lists, you you don't want them to be all the same, all the Byzantine ones. So no. so making an arbitrary decision that at the yeah. end of this list, they become mixed shooters just creates variety, even if there's a you know a gradual blend over that time. And then and then again, I think that the cost that plus one for support and it not quite being worth it has been talked about as kind of one of the very few things, you know, we're talking half a point's worth or, or whatever, um, all the way through version three. So I'd be very surprised if there isn't some sort of tweak to to either how support works or how it's costed that comes up in, in version four, just because there are so few um, points that everybody has kind of gone, and, that, and that's one of them. So it, it probably would be on a list, um, you'd imagine, for... Of things to be fixed and you know maybe, maybe if support gets a little bit better it becomes a an option for people to take even if it doesn't quite go the full way of um of becoming mixed mixed integrated units yeah i think they've tried to give some of the flavor of the different periods of byzantine you know some of them are mixed in one art one list and not mixed in the other and they're trying to give some flavor on it and I, I sympathise with that. I think with this this list, this, this sword, you know, the infantry were infantry with bowmen working with them, rather than completely mixed units. But you know, that that's another argument. You know, should should the Romans be completely mixed units as well? But you know, there's another argument in there, isn't there? Yeah. Well, it, yeah. I think there is, but I, I think that probably sounds like another argument for another podcast. And, um, <laughs> and maybe you know, if they're still working on, um, didn't I do that well? Thanks, Dave. We've done that twice now, haven't we? That was good. Um, we're, we're almost getting the hang of this after nearly a year. Um, but but I think, you know, with with rumours that the new version and everything will be out possibly, you know, Easter time or, or, or a little bit after that, um, really? maybe it won't be too long until we're doing some new lists anyway. So um, fingers crossed on that. But with that one, we'll wrap this one up and um, we will trawl through the book to try and find something else a little bit um a little bit obscure to have a look at in in another week's time but dave richard thank you once again and um see you all in a week or so's time goodbye cheers